on the Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, starting a new business is a huge challenge, and pivoting and restarting a business is an even bigger challenge. On today's episode, we'll talk with inventor and founder of Boot Tights, Shelby Mason, about her company and the roller coaster rides that she's taken as an entrepreneur. We'll also have our Small Business of the Month feature, where we'll recommend some interesting businesses for you to be checking out. My name is Jeff Newell. I'm your co-host. I'm director of the Manufacturing Solutions Center in Conover, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is executive dean of economic development and corporate education at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. How's it going, Gary? Jeff, it's going great. Good. Semester's going well from continuing education as well as curriculum. So we're off to a, a nice start and we're almost halfway through. So that's a good yeah. thing. Well, we're, we're here in early March. It sort of almost feels like spring here in beautiful North Carolina. Yeah. We hope that uh, it's going well wherever you are and, uh, you know, and, and we're having a good time. Thank you for your hospitality of you and your team yesterday while I was teaching my class over there. It's a beautiful facility as well as the new building getting ready to open up in just a little bit of time. Well, we're, we're very excited about that. And, and speaking about our facility, we're going to introduce our, our guest, Shelby Mason. Shelby, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great on this beautiful Friday morning, I guess. Yeah, Friday morning. Uh, and uh, and, and, I, and I, I transitioned there because when the Manufacturing Solutions Center in Conover, North Carolina, opened their current building. Shelby was actually the keynote speaker at that event <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, several years ago. I don't want to yes. date us all, but uh, she was there talking about uh, her product and her brand, Boot Tights, it's, uh, which combines both socks and tights. And And Shelby, you have a pretty interesting background in that before you got into the apparel type business. You were a marketing salesperson with Disney, with Warner Brothers, and and then you made the leap. Yeah, I, I, I think of myself as kind of an accidental entrepreneur. Um, really, I was working at Disney and I was selling TV shows for them and traveling a lot. So I was a road warrior and I would be getting on and off planes all week. And I, um, I basically found that I was part of my uniform when I was traveling was wearing my, you know, my suit and my tights and my boots. And mostly when I was traveling was in colder locations. So I'd always wear my boots and my tights, but I always found I needed to layer a separate sock over my tights when I wore my boots. And because my feet would slip and slide because tights are super thin, you know, and I know you're guys and you probably don't fully, you know, understand what it's like to sacrifice comfort for style, but you, cause you do look very stylish today. I will say. Well, thank you very much. We don't get that often. Just I, no, I was, I didn't even know have an answer yeah, at yeah, first. Yeah, we're, we're always <laughs> glad this is an audio only podcast, right. but go ahead. <laughs> so, but yeah, so it was just an, an, or kind of a situation I would always deal with. So I would always have to steal my dad's old socks when I went to home to visit because my socks I had to layer over my tights were like running socks. So they were ankle socks. So they would slide under my boots, slide under the heel of my boot, and it would be super annoying. And so I'd need those taller crew socks, whatever that my dad had, the white ones, you know, you guys all know them. 
And, um, and anyway, I, I was always doing that. And it was always kind of a make do solution and kind of a pain in the butt because I'd forget my, the socks and it was just, you know, heaven forbid I go through the airport and uh, go through TSA. And this is actually what was the inspiration to the idea. Um, I was actually, I was in O'Hare um, going to Fargo, North Dakota. So it was a very cold, I remember exactly where I was going at the time. And I was standing in line at TSA and there was a really good looking guy that was standing beside me and we started to chat and um, I thought I looked good. I had my suit on and ready to go and went through the, the little metal detector, took off the boots and I had the white man socks on <laughs> and it just wasn't a good look. It really just wasn't a good look. And so I, I think my confidence kind of went down the, the drain at that point. See, I would think so, some, some people would find that a conversation point. Like, yes. yeah, you know, of, uh, oh, you, you know, but, but I, yeah, nice guy. combination. Maybe that's, maybe that's something about him, you know, maybe he didn't have a sense of humor, but, uh, um, so maybe it worked out to my benefit. <laughs> at the end of the day but yeah that was really it was more humiliation and embarrassment and was the impetus to the idea of why don't they have a product out there that combines the comfort and the cushioning and the warmth of a sock to you know a tight where women can wear them which you know either stylist or or they're either stylish or they're just a utility and you want to cover your legs for warmth why don't they put them together and I found out why, because it's kind of a pain, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it makes a pretty darn product. So, so, so you, you, you came up, you, you came up with this idea and yeah, now I'm at the manufacturing solution center and, and talk to us a little bit about how you went about developing this idea. Cause I imagine you, you talked to people and a lot, there was a lot of head scratching and teeth gnashing oh and, and uh, I, yeah, just just from my experience in in various industries, I suspect people looked at you like you're crazy. So, oh yeah. So well, so. it didn't help that I didn't know the lingo. So I kept saying woven, and it's knit, and you know that's like a hosiery 101 thing. You should pretty much know how the the product is uh, is created, and so. Um, I was talking, I just called up a bunch of mills. I didn't know what I was doing. I knew nothing about manufacturing, nothing about apparel, retail. I never even worked at the Gap. So, I mean, I really knew nothing. And so um, I just started calling people and I got there, you know, I got them to take my call. But once I started to explain it, um, you know, I didn't really get anywhere. So I started to Google and this is where I found the Manufacturing Solutions Center. I Googled hosiery terminology because I was turning people off by what I was saying. And there, sure, sure enough, there is a glossary of hosiery terms in there. And it was the hosiery, the manufacturing solution mm -hmm. center. At the time it was a hosiery tech mm -hmm. center. Um, and, um, and that's where I, I found for more information contacts. So I did. And um, the team there was wonderful. They, they thought my idea was actually not crazy. And um, they they gave me the time of day and helped me with the prototype and then, you know, helped me and pointed me into the right direction to where what mill would be the most, yeah, it would make the most sense for my needs. And um, we were rock and rolling after that. That's cool. So now now you were saying that your your background, you know, you're, you're, you're working for these entertainment companies, your sales, your marketing, you're probably when it when it comes to manufacturing, it's like. A black hole, but uh, you know, you know what? What strengths did you bring into the business? You know, from a marketing and how how is it? How did that help you as you're getting up and going? 
actually helped me a lot. At the time, I just felt like I was at a disadvantage because I was in waters that I knew nothing about. So I was kind of, but what I realized is what I didn't know was a benefit because I didn't know that I shouldn't go straight to the top to ask for, ask buyer, you know, buyers to, for a meeting. I didn't know what I couldn't do. And so I just kept being persistent. And like, for example, at, you know, and I'm working for Disney, you're, you're kind of at a, you know, the mar- the marketing of Disney, the branding of Disney. I learned all about that, how to, how to pitch a, an idea, uh, how to pitch a program, how to pitch a story. I know how to do that. I know how to get in front of, you know, C executives, C suite executives. I, I wasn't afraid to call, you know, the, the head of the mill or the head of the buying team or whatever. So that was good. Um, but yeah, that, that helped me a lot, but I can say like, for example, my first retailer was Dillard's and I didn't know, I didn't even know what Dillard's was. I was like, I'm a West coast gal. I didn't know, you know? And so I ended up um, going straight to the top and got a meeting and got an order that, that same day. And I thought, Oh, that's how it's supposed to work. And I didn't realize that, you know, usually you sell at trade show, you know, you do trade shows and you sell boutiques first. And I just did it really big. And um, it was a good and a bad thing. I was good because, hey, you know, I'm off and rolling. Um, it was bad because I didn't, I wasn't prepared. I <laughs> So I, I wasn't prepared with my manufacturing. I didn't have an infrastructure, um, you know, and then we started to get a lot of press and that's where my background um, helped. And, um, and then I re- really wasn't prepared when it was, went on Oprah. So, um, so I, it's, that's it a was big deal, kind of bad, but you know, you learn. <laughs> <laughs> well, so in, in terms of, in terms of lessons learned there, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, I guess building a team is important. I mean, it sounds like for, for a while, you're, you're, you're the team, you're probably wearing lots of hats and, and, uh, you know, and that's always the challenge of, of distribution. I mean, when you, you know, sometimes, uh, you, you sound a little bit like the dog that chased the car, you caught the car. What do you do? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. And so, you know, in the beginning, I was still working at Disney when this whole thing kind of exploded. Um, I, it was, going to be on, on Oprah. And when she was still in syndication her last year, back in 2011. So I used that and leveraged it with a bunch of the buyers and department stores um, saying, Hey, this is going to, this is the next big thing. This is going to be on Oprah. You need it on your floor. And so I did that again, not knowing, I mean, I, I, the packaging I was designing myself. I didn't know how how many graphic design, I had no team in place. So everything I did was it looked like it looked cheap, you know? I mean, my packaging wasn't really professional. My, I didn't have a, a full understanding of what it, you know, what it, I didn't even know what a skew was. So, you know, but, you know, that being said, I, it was a lot of bumps. You know, my website crashed within two seconds of being on Oprah. Um, but yeah, what we did get, uh, you know, the fact is the product's really unique and really good. And the people, people who discovered it want to tell their friends and they want to share it because there's nothing else out there on the market. And it's just a very niche, very specific solution to a problem. 
So the, my business continued, you know, despite the ups and downs. And um, I'm basically now in, in 2023, I'm kind of relaunching the brand and uh, moving away from my old distribution strategy, which was was department stores and wholesale and doing all the trade shows and trying to make sure that I'm making everybody happy with all my styles and having a new collection every season. Um, and now I'm really focused on my um, my website and online direct to consumer via digital and um, and those have different challenges. But um, but that's really I mean the buying behavior has changed so dramatically, especially after COVID. That for me, you know, pivoting in this direction uh, made the most sense for the brand so, and for financially um, for me because it's personally funded by me. <laughs> Um, you know, it's a little bit less expensive to do it this way. And, you know, if you're going to get um, a smaller percentage of, of buyers, but it's still a large, it's still a large chunk of, of your customers are still available, then that's really the way to go for me right now. Well, well, I, you know, we, we, we talked a little bit and, 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 uh, it sounds like you've gone through situations where you've had to pivot, you know, COVID is one thing, and I guess maybe changes in the way people dress and, you know, just not being in the office and that sort of thing, but, but also just in terms of styles and whatnot. And at one point you, you sort of took a step back and got into just doing some of the boot sock type things. So, you, you know, how, how did you sort of recognize when the time was right to pivot and, and execute on that? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, I guess, about, you know, entrepreneurship and small business ownership is that you kind of have to roll with the punches, not everything you can control. I mean, we want to control everything and, you know, and, but when you, when it comes down to it, you can't control what people are buying and what people are wearing. And so what I found, and this was, Oh, I don't know, 2013 ish, um, you know, women were starting to wear less dresses. They were starting to wear, um, and when they were wearing dresses, they weren't wearing hosiery and tights. They were going bare leg. So, um, so there wasn't as, as much hosiery wearing. And before hosiery was more of a fashion piece, you know, there was a lot of patterns and colors. And so, um, and it just kind of stopped that people would still wear tights, but they would wear them basically as a utility and wear plain black. So it was just kind of a different type of market. And so less people were wearing tights and more people were wearing jeans. And but there were still a lot of people wearing boots and the, the market that was consistently loving their boots and buying new boots each year and spending a lot of money on their boots and very loyal were the, the, the gals in the Western market. And so we we're in those Western boots. And what I found in my product, though, was that not only did it make a really incredible hosiery, you know, tight pantyhose, whatever, however you want to say it, but it also made a really great boot sock because we took that same concept of the bottom portion being knit on a sock machine with arch support, cushioning, moisture wicking, ventilation, all that stuff. And then the leg portion still knit on a hosiery machine. So that's super sleek. It has more, it has spandex. It's, it doesn't slide down. It hugs your leg. And so it also doesn't add bulk to your boots. And so it ended up to make an incredible boot sock. So then we're like, okay, let's put lace on this. Let's have fun with this. And let's put a little bling and let's do some patterns. And we found that, that there was nothing like it in the market. And um, they embraced us with like just 
open, open armed. And um, we ended up in Boot Barn and Cavenders and a bunch of others and doing more of those Western trade uh, trade shows. And um, and so it was great. It was it was we basically took what we do best and we pivoted into a market that was not as fashion trend you know specific. And we kind of rode that for a while. You, 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 you mentioned trade shows a couple of times, and it sounds like that's probably not in your marketing mix now as much as it might have been back several years ago. But I'm just curious, uh, just because I got to go to some trade shows, you have yeah. any you have any hints for uh, having a successful trade show? What, what uh, any anything, yes. anything you can share with people? I've done so many. Oh my god! Uh, other than having comfortable I, shoes, I think that's the I'm one I remember. I was just number one is wear comfortable shoes. Yeah. Number one, wear comfortable shoes and great socks. Um, but yeah, I for us, it was the prep work beforehand that really helped us be successful. Um, you know, and also if you're if you go to the same one over and over again, people start to know where to find you. And so that consistency at the trade shows are really very, uh, I think there's a big benefit to that. But I, I sent out so many blasts, e-blasts. I got the lists from, you know, various, wherever I got my list and would, <laughs> would send out those blasts and people would, they'd be so annoyed by them and they would come up there like, oh my God, you keep sending me email. I go, well, you're here, aren't you? Yeah. So, it, so worked, for, yeah. it was, it was a lot of prep, but we, we, yeah, we had been, you know, the trade shows throughout the years, less and less foot traffic would occur at these trade shows. So we also found, and you know, it's different now, this is post COVID in a different, you know, industry and everything, but, um, but yeah, we started to realize that the expense of these trade shows and, you know, having to fly out there, hotels, the whole thing at some, at one point, it just wasn't worth it. We weren't getting enough back. So, um, and so that's, that's also another reason why it makes more sense for me to really focus on e-commerce and put all my money and marketing into social ads and influencers and just getting our, our word out there in that capacity, as opposed to going to those trade shows. But yes, prep. And consistency at the trade show. Comfortable shoes and socks. Comfortable shoes. Okay, gotcha. Um, you, you've, um, you know, one, one of the one of the things that you've gone through in your entrepreneurship life is trying to find the right partner, and sometimes finding the wrong partner. I mean, uh, uh, what what advice can you share as as uh, from your experience? It is when you're trying to partner with somebody. What should people be looking for, and what might be some red flags that uh, should put them in another direction? Um, yeah, that I I think overall that's been the hardest part for me is when I first started with boot tights, I had a lot of options, a lot of a lot of people coming knocking on my door saying they wanted to partner. And that would that would for me was a red flag because I I was so new and I was just afraid and I didn't want people to steal my idea and I didn't want to partner too soon. And then before I could grow it as much as I could myself and, and get as much value out of it myself. Um so I, you know, in the very beginning it I had opportunities looking back that probably would have been really great and I didn't choose for whatever reason. And I honestly, I think it's because this is the path I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to learn throughout this process. And, but the, 
I, the biggest thing is follow your gut. I mean, I had an opportunity to partner with another hosiery company. And uh, at the same time, I had an opportunity to, um, to partner with someone out of New York who was very successful in their business and they were in the apparel business. And I had these you know, checklists of pros and cons. I went through the whole thing. I mean, you know, I didn't just jump on and I, I went through it all. And my gut told me to go one direction. I went in the other direction for, you know, other reasons. And I, I made a mistake. It wasn't a good partnership. They had different goals. They did business very differently. They didn't understand how to grow a, a brand as opposed to just licensing brands and doing volume. You know, that's what they did. They did volume and it wasn't about growing brands and it takes time to grow a brand, especially a lifestyle brand that's based off of that's something unique. So, um, so yeah, it's, it is really, really, really hard. And the other thing is just to look for someone who maybe brings something to the table that you don't have. You know, I was great at marketing and sales and I was, you know, I, I'm a, I guess you could say I'm a little bit on the creative side or I had to be, I developed that. Um, I need, I wanted somebody that had the infrastructure that had the distribution that, you know, had the ability to kind of just get, take it to scale and get it going. I didn't want to have to worry about EDI and, you know, all that stuff. I wanted someone else to do with that, but, um, yeah, it's, that's, that's was really hard for me. And I ended up picking the wrong, the wrong company to partner with. And within the year, um, boot tights basically was done. Um, just a lot of bad decisions, just, you know, and then, you know, not me not being able to control that part of it, um, I just felt really helpless. So um, once we basically ended that partnership, and it all, like I said, it only lasted a year, um, it was very devastating for me because that was my baby. Mm-hmm. You know, I I took a lot, I put a lot of money into it. I, I sacrificed a lot, sacrificed a career that I built really, you know, that I spent, a lot, you know, the first part of my life building. And um, in, in less than a year, it was gone. So, um, you know, and that's, that's kind of where you're Then you start to wonder what's your identity. Like I was always the boot tight scowl. Like now what do I do? You know? <laughs> and then, you know, long story short, I ended up, um, fighting a legal battle and settling and getting the brand back in my name. And, um, of course I, that happened right when COVID hit. So I couldn't access any of my inventory for a while and had to figure out how I was going to do this. And, um, but, you know, honestly, you know, COVID, there was a little bit of a blessing there because it gave me the time to just chill and think about it and plan it out. And, um, and so now we're, we're back up and, um, and we're having, I'm having a great time. So, so, so you, you talk about the planning that you were able to do and, and, and I, I guess one thing, you know, and, and Gary and I have talked about it some, it's always the trying to find the right balance between, not over planning and you, you you can probably spend all your time planning. It's never yeah. going to be perfect. And when it's time to pull the trigger, you know, and it, you know, it sounds like you had initial success uh, selling into department stores. Maybe you weren't totally prepared, but you, 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 at some point you made that leap. I mean, any, you have any advice for people in terms of when, when is the time to stop planning and start doing, or oh. it, 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 that's probably, there's not an easy answer to that, mm-hmm. but I guess I'm, just your perspective on it. Yeah. Um, I, 
honestly, I never had that problem. So <laughs> I. <laughs> You're a doer. I did it. I just did it. Um, but I. But it, at some point, you just. I think that what's important is to make sure that what your product or your service is is something unique. You know, I mean, you want to make sure that you have some sort of a differentiation to your customer. And a lot of people want to go into business of further self or want to be an entrepreneur because it has become almost a, buzz, a buzzword. But if you don't have something to offer that's unique for your customer, then, um, you know, then I would, I would start planning, figuring that out. Um, so I think that's really important is just, you know, it's, it's not easy being an entrepreneur. I would love to work for someone who paid me and who gave me benefits and told me what to do each day. And I had goals and I knew what to do and I made money and then I was off and then I could go home and have a cocktail and not worry about anything. So that is what I would love at this point, but I don't see it happening. But so I'm, I'm just saying that, um, yeah, there's a point where you, you I, I, for me, market research was really important because after I got the market research back and realized that I wasn't the only one with this issue and that other, there's other women out there, other people in general who had this problem and would buy the product, then I'm like, let's get it. Let's go. It's now or never. Um, of course, now was what, 20, 2009. So, you know. Well, well, you know, I, I think that you know, just doing that research to me is part of the planning, and that you know, too often you, know, you, you, we probably run into people yeah. who make that assumption of, well, I came up with a unique product and haven't spent the time to say, hey, is it really unique? Uh, you know, are are there people out there that really have shared this problem? And it sounds like you at least were able to to figure that part of it out. Yeah, I think that's good yeah. One of the key I didn't want to go into this without. I, this was a lot of work. I mean, I had a great job. I made money, you know, and I lived in LA and it was, it was, it was a good time. And so I just, I didn't want to put my money into it. I mean, maybe it's just cause I, you know, I don't want to dump a bunch of money into something that nobody wants to buy. And I didn't want to disrupt my, my career um, for, but yeah. I, and the other thing is when you ask people or you do a focus group, make sure it's not your friends and family only mm -hmm. because they're going to tell you, go for it. They don't want to squash your dreams. So make sure that you're able to get a, a big enough focus group of people who don't know you personally. And, um, and that's what we did. And that's, that was kind of what, where I figured, okay, you know what, let's do this. Well, your 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 current pivot you said is into is really into the e-commerce and going direct to consumer. So that that I guess presents new challenges. I mean, what's uh, any yes. any uh, uh, advice you have for folks that are that are focused on the e-commerce platform forms? Yeah, um, it's probably you know get make sure that you have a website platform that's easy to use. Um, I'm using just my personal, what I use is Shopify and they, they make it really easy for business owners to be able to, um, you know, to, to, to put the product up and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, just, you need to, you need to put content out there and it doesn't have to be perfect and be authentic and be real and tell your story. Um, don't be afraid to tell your story. And that's what people connect with. And so I think, you know, I, I need to get more video out there. I need to, yeah, because I'm, I'm so good at doing the video side of it. But um, so we had some technical difficulties today. But um, 
but yeah, those are things that, that need to happen. And then the great thing about e-commerce or about social media is that you can really target your market. You can really, really hone in and target. Um, but you got to be consistent. You've got to build, you know, a story and, and it doesn't happen overnight. Like Oprah did, you know, like Macy's did. It didn't, it, you have to, it takes time to grow. So I do other things beyond that. I go out and do, I plant seeds as what I call it. I do, um, I do like women entrepreneurship luncheons and pop-up shops and, and other things to get my brand out there to, you know, to get out in the, in the world and, and also to see what other people are still wearing are wearing and figure out, you know, I don't want to be stuck in my office and my, you know, with my dog at my, (laughs) my (laughs) desk, you know, all day long and not realize what's going on out there. So, um, but yeah, it's, technology is, is an incredible thing. I, you know, I love it and hate it at the same time, but it allows you to reach, um, your customer base relatively easily if, but you do have to have a marketing plan. You it's not going to just come to you just because you have a website up. Fair enough. Well, any uh, as we sort of wind down a little bit, any any other advice that you would offer out there to uh, to people that are starting their own business or, or small business owners? Uh, yeah. I I mean, I would kind of go back to that one point: is just make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. Do it because you feel like you have a product and a service that somebody really needs. Don't, don't do it because you don't want to work, you know, for a big corp or you don't want, you know, the product or the service, that's the hero. That's the key. And, and then I would also try to surround yourself with good people that can compliment you where you need, you might need help. I think that's good. Those are great advice for any venture. Exactly. (laughs) Well, well, can can you hang out for a minute and play our uh, our lightning round? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Well, so this this month uh, we're sponsored by uh, Globo Gym. If you uh, need to lose some weight and get in shape, you go to a different gym. But if you're ready to look good, <laughs> go to Globo Gym. You should check it out on the internet. Why do you keep looking at me? Oh, you look, you're looking good, Gary. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so we have some quick questions for you, Shelby. Some quick answers. Don't overthink it. Okay. <laughs> First one. What is your biggest pet peeve when people are in the fast lane driving slow oh i can't handle it i'm with you and if they don't use blinkers like that irritates me too that oh, are, yeah i'm with you on that one yep what toppings do you put on your pizza and more importantly what is your position on pineapple on pizza <laughs> oh interesting um i'm not a pineapple fan i appreciate those who are <laughs> but i like i like onions Peppers, uh, sausage. Okay. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. Just avoid the pineapple, people. Come on. Yeah, I say don't don't do it. They don't fit with pizza. Dessert. Yeah. What's your favorite vacation spot? Um, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Uh, (laughs) That's an interesting. That's our first one before. Yeah. (laughs) It's uh, it's a place that I go. Like I I have a uh. A place in, in Chicago and um, it's just a it's a fun little boating community and uh, just a lot of fun sounds more like a summer vacation not the winter vacation yeah exactly okay <laughs> do you have an adult beverage recommendation what's your preference for beer I like Allagash White love it it's a Belgian white Ooh, good, yum. good choice 
for wine, I'm a Sauvignon Blanc New Zealand gal. Okay. Um, Very specific. Yes. 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 And um, and otherwise, uh, I'm a I'm like a Jack and Diet girl too. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're versatile. You 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 you're not you're, okay. You're easy to please there. Uh, last question: If you had one superpower, what would it be? Oh. Ooh, okay. Um, probably, I was going to say read minds, but I don't think I want that. I don't want to know. <laughs> be, be careful what you ask for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I had to think about that a little bit too. Yeah, no. Um, I, I guess fly, you know, I hate flying nowadays. It's just, yeah, you know, I, I would if, rather just get there and if you maybe could, if, if you could do it yourself and not get on the plane, that would be that would be yeah, wonderful. I, I think that's probably where I'm at right now. I, I was flying this weekend. I would I would concur with that. Uh, yeah. not, not a pleasant experience. Mm-hmm. So, well, you did great, Shelby. If people want to find you and they want to find boot tights, where should they be looking? Yeah, so find boot tights at um, bootights.com and it's spelled B O O T I G H T S.com. So one T in the middle. And um, and we have a full website full of, of all sorts of not just tights, but socks and all sorts of fun stuff. And on Instagram, it's boot tights USA. And on Facebook, it's boot tights. Very good. All right. Well, people should be checking that out. And and we always like to end up our podcast by throwing out some other small businesses that people should be checking out. Shelby, you have anything you want to uh, share with our listeners? I do. I have a favorite small business, and she's a friend of mine, so I'm going to mention it's. Um, it's also in the sock business. Um, it's called Are You Kidding Socks? Okay. And she's, she started this with her kids. Um, so the kids actually create the sock designs, and so she... They're also um, aligned with various charities. So a percentage of it goes to charity and then they'll also design socks for charities. And then they uh, they do a sock hop at different schools in the area and um, raise money for school, different school districts and different. um, So it's a really it's it's a really cool company and they're doing great things. Oh, cool. That sounds that's a great one. Thank you very much for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Gary, do you have a small business to share this month? Actually, I have three Three that, that we've right. talked about. All right. And it happens to be because we're having our Real Life Entrepreneurship Forum uh, coming up and that you actually started some years ago that we're continuing. And they're going to be talking to our students about entrepreneurship and the good things just like we were today. Uh, Chase Collins, who was also part of our EEVF, Everyday Entrepreneurship Venture Fund. So these are all entrepreneurship heroes in our local community, young man, Hickory's helper, uh, and he's doing a lot of great things. He was also on our Skills USA. Now you see all the reasons why I'm talking about him, mm-hmm. between entrepreneurship and Skills USA. Okay. So he's going to be one of our speakers, Marky James, who came out of our advertising graphic design program and started Barkside Pet Grooming. And it looks like a long switch from advertising graphic design to pet grooming, but she's put them both to good use, and she's doing very well. Also part of our Skills USA, and then person you know well, David Williams, one mm-hmm. of our former city councilmen, and Plush cuts his uh, barbering and hairstyling business. All three are doing well. Mm-hmm. All three tied closely to CVCC, and so we're very proud. Oh, good. 
And, and, and uh, the reason I brought them up is because they're going to be uh, speaking at our campus on March 14th. All right. So if you're in Hickory, Hickory. and you want to come see three entrepreneurs speaking on March 14th, check that out at uh, Catawba Valley Community College. Yep. Great. So. Thank you. And uh, I'm going to give out a sh- uh, shout out to a company I came across. It's called it's called Life Giving Warmth. Now, Gary, you and I are known outdoorsmen. Yes, you know, absolutely. We enjoy, We've been outdoors sometimes. You know, uh, enjoy camping, fishing, hunting. You know, or golf. What did you kill this season? Uh, my golf clubs. Your golf clubs. Well, <laughs> uh, I know you've had a bad back, but and you're a hardy guy and. You know, blankets are great if you're going outdoors, you're going to the game, you're going mm-hmm. camping, but electric blankets are better, but you don't usually have a place to plug them that, in. Yep. So uh, the company Life Giving Warm makes a battery-operated heating blanket, and they make different versions of it. They've got one called the Cozy that's more for your going to your going to the ball games, and they've got one that's called the, uh, what's it, the Kodiak, which is more for the camping, a little heavier and whatnot. And they've got one that's called Recover that they actually make for EMS organizations to help people uh, in, in that situation. Mm-hmm. So seemed like a real cool idea, real cool company. It's called Life-Giving Warmth. If you go to lifegivingwarmth.com, you can see what they've got going on there. So it's pretty cool. That sounds cool. And you know my definition of camping is going to a hotel and not having a remote. I know. Uh, holiday Inn. So anyway. Exactly. Anyway. Well, anyway, we, we Shelby, we really appreciate you joining us uh, this uh, this month. It's been a lot of fun. Well, thank you for having me. It was a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, this is fantastic. We, we hope yeah. that, we hope you find reason to, to visit the Hosier, uh, as the, the Manufacturing Solution Center if, when you make it back to North Carolina. And you'd be very proud to know that your advertising promotions are in the classroom uh, that I was teaching in yesterday. Oh, really? <laughs> I might need to update that. Ah. Oh, it was great, though. <laughs> Bootice.com still works, though. So that's, exactly. uh, that's where people can find right, you. Yeah. So anyway. But it was great. And I said, we're going to do this tomorrow. I said, it was really cool for me. Yeah. Well, oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. And I honestly, I wouldn't be here without the Manufacturing Solutions Center and all the support down in North Carolina. Uh, my manufacturers are down there. And, and you know, it's like a home away from home. And someday I hope to, to make it permanent. So um, then, then you might see me more often than you than you like. <laughs> no, we, yeah, our doors are open, so we welcome <laughs> you back. Right. So that we appreciate you joining us today. As always, we appreciate the, the Mesh Podcast Network for for hosting us. And if you go to the Mesh TV, you'll see a whole bunch of cool podcasts going on out there and a variety of topics. So you should check them out at the Mesh TV. And we will look forward to talking with you again next month. Take care. Take care.